All right, good morning, Jordan. How are you today? Feeling good, episode one. Excited to be here. So before we get into this, welcome to the first episode of Big Life. I am Sam Carey. I'm going into my fifth year at the University of Iowa. So I've been around the college soccer game for oh, quite a bit now, getting ready to go into that last season. And yes, looking forward to it. I'm Jordan Wickes. I'm gonna be a junior at Michigan State, typically a forward. So finally an upperclassman here. Not quite my fifth year, but uh, I'm excited for this next season coming up. And I, uh, I'm studying mechanical engineering. So we got the nerd over here. I'm super excited to see it. Okay, so I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast right now is extremely confused about how we have a Division One soccer player from the University of Iowa and a Division One soccer player from Michigan State in the same conference doing a podcast together. So Jordan, why don't you share a little bit about how this came to be? Yeah, so when I was going through kind of the recruiting process and everything, I always was interested in what this was going to look like. Day in the life of Big Ten women's soccer players. And there was really nothing out there. The more I kept going and looking, the less I found and the more I thought there was a space for it. Recently, I've seen a lot of podcasts come out with like women's soccer players, things like that. And I thought, how great would it be to have something in the college space for us? So I reached out to Girl Soccer Network and they paired me with you. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Let me tell you, um, as we know, I am a center back. Jordan's a forward. I have marked her. She was on our scouting report when we play Michigan State. So super fun to get to know her on a personal aspect instead of just not liking her on the field, basically. And it's going to add a bit more to the rivalry this year. But we're super excited to bring you into the lives of Division One soccer players. So, so much is happening in women's soccer right now. It's an amazing time to be diving in. And we're so thankful for everyone joining us here. Jordan, we're going into college soccer season starting next week. How are you feeling about all of it? So many mixed emotions. We've been on campus training for a week and a half now. So it's been nice to get the team together and coaches come in. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, coaches aren't allowed to come into the picture until August 1st due to NCAA rules. Um, so right around the corner there, get back with everyone. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, as Jordan was saying, we can't have our coaches work with us besides our strength and conditioning coaches until August 1st. Jordan, when's your first exhibition game? Because I know ours is August 5th, so four days after preseason starts. Ours is the 6th, so right, right there with you. It's one of those things, you know, I don't think people understand how little time women's soccer honestly has to get the ball rolling, and that's why we have pretty unique summers when it comes to being a soccer player. And it's not the same as other athletes in other sports. We roll into season and we roll into season fast. And with the toll and the physical and mental toll that our sport takes on our bodies, you know, you got to be able to prepare for that mileage, prepare for those hard tackles and everything. So give me a little bit more insight into what your summer looked like as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. As you were saying, I think soccer, I mean, somebody should fact check this, but has one of the shortest preseasons of any NCAA sport. So we always like to get there a little bit early before August 1st starts, kind of get that team bonding, chemistry going, get used to each other a little bit before coaches come to the picture and all chaos comes in as we only have five days before that first exhibition games. The preseason right now um, for July, what we have is 7.30 lift. We'll go condition after, then we'll train. And usually we'll have some type of team bonding, whether it's just, you know, ice cream, something like that, something simple. We're going to a teammate's lake house next weekend, and, you know, a little bit bigger, something like that to really incorporate the team aspect as well as just the trainings. That's awesome. And, you know, it's like really shows 
the unique parts of different programs. So for someone going through the recruiting process, something I always would recommend asking is what do summers look like? Because every program does them a bit differently. Iowa, for example, tried something new this year. We had 17 girls on campus starting June 5th. So we've now had two months under our belt as a team working together with our strength coach and slowly more and more have chimed in. So we've had our full team here for about two weeks now. It's been an exciting time. We have 6.30 a.m. Um, running, followed by lift after that, and then our team trainings and stuff. It's been a little bit of a mass chaos. I've joked with Jordan about this earlier. For example, our freshmen can't move into the dorms until August 1st, once we start preseason. So I have had seven freshmen on my floor um, on air mattresses about the summer. So it's been pure chaos, but in the best possible way. It does bring one of those unique factors into women's soccer and something that a lot of sports don't get to experience. And it's a really interesting part of the game, for sure. You had some crazy summer experiences. Let's talk more about those. Yeah. So Michigan State has this really amazing program where they send some student athletes through a study abroad program to Australia. So me, Z and Reagan Dalton um, all went down there and we got to train, take a few classes and kind of just explore Australia for five weeks, I think it was in total. And then they all went home and I got to kind of extend my trip, went to New Zealand for a week and then headed back to Michigan State right after. So so how painful was it to be that close to the World Cup, but miss it? It was just close enough where I'm like, kicking myself like how could I not be here to watch a game but just far enough where you're like I can't extend this trip you know that much longer so it was the absolute worst middle area where I'm just you know missing it all we got to go in the actual stadiums and see it all and like they had all the advertising because we were in Melbourne and then we were in Sydney, which um, they're hosting along with Auckland for New Zealand. So I got to see kind of all of it, where it's going to happen. And it just so close yet so far. Oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. And yeah, so I mean, we have our fun in the summers. There's no doubt about it. We've all had our crazy experiences and stuff like that. And it's definitely crazy that only a week away, um, less than a week by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be in the thick of it for preseason. Yeah, you just got back from a pretty cool experience. Tell us a little bit about that. So something really crazy I do, which is not very typical, is I actually am a very high-level soccer referee. Uh, so something that I started doing my freshman year of high school as a high school job to make some money because I figure if I know the game as well as I do, I might as well make money from it. And it's slowly grown from there. And I was just invited down to the USU Soccer National Championships for the third time I have. And it was an amazing experience where 200 of the best referees in the country all gather to hang out, learn more about the game, and of course, officiate some amazing matches. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand how the referee side of the game works. And it's really interesting. So the best referees are chosen from your state to go to regionals. And then at like the USYS regionals, there's 250 and the top 45 are selected to then go to nationals. And so it's a huge honor to be able to re represent the Midwest one more time and get there. And while I was there, I was fortunate enough to have some really challenging games that I apparently performed well enough. Every single game that we referee is evaluated by referee coaches and other people walking around. So 
our decisions, the way we look, the way we communicate to players is all a completely involved process. And that's how they select who does the national championships is the highest honor. And I was fortunate to receive the 2023 Referee Leadership Award, as well as referee the U-17 Boys National Final. And I'm one of the first female referees to ever have that high of a whistle on a national championship for a men's game. So so, so fun. So excited. I'm very exhausted, but it was an incredible week and a nice little break before getting into the thick of it. Wow. Sam Carey does it all. <laughs> I don't know how sometimes, and sometimes I'm pretty sure my coach isn't the biggest fan of that, but he's definitely supportive of me and everything. That's awesome. Do you think being on the other side and the refereeing has helped you on the field as well, getting to see kind of both sides. 100%. Of the I mean, you fully believe like the more you watch soccer, the better you get that simple. And I mean, now I get to do it and have fun on a completely different perspective. On top of that, I've always been an outside player. I was an outside back growing up and I came to Iowa as an outside back. So as a referee, you're in the middle of the field a bit more. It kind of got me to evaluate. I'm like, why is that player making that decision? Or what do they do in there? So it's a very unique perspective. And also, I think I'm a better referee because I'm a player because I know the stuff that I sometimes do during a game. So I'm like, oh, I know where this girl's going with this. I know where this person's going. So my maybe not so innocent side also comes out a bit. That's not, that's so incredible. Congratulations. Thank you so much, man. Okay. So we're five-ish days away from preseason. What's on your head? What are you feeling? You're going into your junior year. What's preseason like for you? Um, honestly, Jeff kind of came in when I came in my first year and every year it's been different so far. So this is going into my third preseason. Um, I've learned to expect kind of nothing, <laughs> you know, I have no idea what it's going to look like this year, but, um, I'm really, really excited. We had an amazing season last year. You know, we broke kind of all of our program records and I'm really looking forward to kind of stepping it up and hopefully doing it one more time here going into my junior year. It's really nice this time to be an upperclassman. And while I just said to expect nothing, I have a little bit better of an idea of how things are going to go and to prepare myself, prepare my body and do everything that's needed to be done as we go into this uh, probably one of the hardest two weeks double trainings, lifts, conditionings. They try to figure out lineups, things like that. New players, freshmen, right before you get into kind of middle of August where things start to pick up in terms of your conference play or out of season games. So for those who may not know a ton about women's college soccer or just now dipping in, let's just give a quick overview of what like a schedule even looks like. So for a conference that like we play in, we play on Thursdays and Sundays. And so like we said, there's one date where every NCAA team starts. So this year it's August 1st is when you're allowed to get going. And exhibition games can start, like we said, as early as August 5th and 6th. So it's a bit crazy. Those games don't mean anything, but it's a good way to get game fitness. Coaches start seeing a lineup. You see where you need to work on that kind of stuff. And then the third week of August is when games start. And that's where kickoff happens. Then you have about four weeks of non-conference play. So eight approximately non-conference games. And then you go into conference play. So for us in the Big Ten Conference, this is where it really gets really gets good. Um, so that's around the middle of September all the way through the end of October. Top eight teams in the Big Ten Conference then go to the Big Ten Tournament. And then from there, obviously, you're fighting for a tournament championship as well as hopefully a NCAA bid to try to keep going in the tournament. So Jordan, you kind of alluded to it. I got to ask. 
as much as it kills me to say, um, I more than respect everything that Michigan State did last year. You guys were an incredible team. I will say, I will say you were 9-0-1, and, and we were the one. So we have that. But how does it feel going off so much success? What are you, what are the goals? What are you kind of looking to do this season? Yeah. Um, so we just had our ring ceremony yesterday, got to kind of celebrate all the success we had. And I think the mantra of the team is even though as good as it was, um, we haven't done anything yet. We're a whole new team coming into this and we're really looking forward to stepping it up to the next level. We went undefeated. You know, you guys kind of ruined our perfect record there. Um, not mad at all. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's a whole new team, right? Every year, every season, you have people that graduate and leave, you have freshmen that come in, people grow up, different players in and out. So, we're really excited to see what this team can do and uh hopefully we set a few more records going forward and uh maybe you know, we don't tie you. <laughs> All I'm saying is that everyone listening to this podcast right now better have that game circled on their calendar. If I remember correctly, it's October 22nd, so we have some time. Last game of the Big Ten season at East Lansing. So anyone who's involved in this podcast better be tuning into that one because it definitely could get interesting. Um, Yeah, no, that's so exciting, though. And obviously, we're going into a crazy, crazy season What's your guys' non-conference? How are you guys like, is there any big games you have circled on that calendar? What are you guys looking at there? Yeah, we got a few. So we're going to Colorado for a week, kind of end of August. We'll play two games down there. And then we play Notre Dame, which I'm really excited for. You know, we were hoping to play an NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, TCU knocked us out right before um, we could kind of meet them there. So to get to play them preseason here, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, should be should be a good game that's awesome that's awesome I know we have a couple dates circled on our calendar as well we're starting off going down to Florida Florida Gulf Coast um, was an NCAA tournament team last year we're also going down to Mississippi State who went was in the NCAA tournament team and made it pretty deep last year and then our last non-conference weekends at the University of Virginia so of course powerhouse in the ACC and so excited for a little Big Ten ACC matchup and see how that goes for us so it should be a really good time yeah, that's exciting. You know, I was joking with Jordan right before we started, and I know she's going to hate me for bringing this up a little bit, but I am currently recording this from our Student Athlete Academic Learning Center, and I looked up, and I see that there's a Michigan State Olympic game on the TV right now. I'm not going to bring it up or what happened in it, but the really unique thing about this podcast is Jordan was just saying they had their ring ceremony for their Big Ten Championship last year, and I have mine sitting on my desk right now for our Big Ten Championship win. So you got two Big Ten champs right here in this podcast studio. What would it mean to bring back one more for your team? There's no feeling quite like that. Just being able to hold the trophy, knowing that all that hard work has paid off and just the absolute euphoria of it all. To be able to do it again, being able to prove that Michigan State was not a one-time, two-time thing. Because I think that's kind of what it has been for us. You know, we had a couple rough years um, there in the middle, but the past two years, we finished fourth in the Big Ten year one. Last year, we went undefeated, winning the conference. The game you're watching, unfortunately, we went all the way to the finals of the Big Ten tournament. Penn State took away the victory. So being able to prove everyone wrong that this wasn't a fluke, Michigan State is a soccer school and we're here to stay, is is what we're going into this season, hoping to get that message across. 
That was awesome. That's awesome. And of course, Jordan Jones and I will Hawkeye team that I am with every day and thoroughly love this program and everything that we're doing. And we did not have a successful year last year. I'll be the first one to say it. We were on the up and up. We won the Big Ten Championship, Big Ten Tournament in 2021 off of a massive Cinderella run. And then we just didn't have a great year. We finished fifth right behind you guys my junior year. Played you guys in the Big Ten Tournament. I won't rub in what happened there. But then last year, we did not have a great year. So for us, this is our redemption tour. This is our, hey, we experienced the highs of the highs in 2021, lifting that trophy. And now we experienced not even making the Big Ten Tournament. We finished ninth place. So it's kind of that, hey, we got a reality call of what success really takes. And we kind of took our foot off the pedal without even realizing it. So there's a massive wake up call come November for us. And now, now it's revenge time. Super excited. Like I said, we literally play each other the last game of the season. This whole podcast will be building up to that game and what goes down in East Lansing. Fun, fun times already going. So preseason, we're going into it. I know most people on this podcast probably want to know the number one thing that everyone freaks out, fitness test. How does your work at Michigan State? What do you guys got going on? How are you feeling going into that? The fitness test at Michigan State is we run the spark. There's no standard of if you don't hit this number, you don't play or you don't do things like that. Every position group has their own marks of where they should be at, but there's no real punishment for it. And there's, you know, same thing. There's no reward for you doing great at it. It's just kind of a meter of where you stand in terms of your fitness. Are you able to withstand the physical demands of a game? right? The spark, you know, according to Michigan State is a good test for that to see where you are. And regardless, even though there is no punishment, everyone's super nervous going into it, right? You want to perform well, you want to impress the coaches, you want to be able to play, you know, significant minutes in a game. I don't know, I I have mixed emotions about it. I'm a little nervous, a little excited to see where I stand. Um, think we'll probably run it second week here but yeah there's nothing nothing crazy I know a lot of schools have marks where if you don't hit it you have to keep running it or things like that until you do luckily we don't you just if you're not fit enough you're not going to play unfortunately that's an interesting philosophy to have so we also run the spark Um, I know many many college soccer programs do and I agree I think it is a very good benchmark for soccer fitness you know we all know that running six miles is not the same as getting six miles in a match. It is a good benchmark for that to see how much your body can stand. We do have a benchmark. 36 is our team benchmark. And if you get under that, you will not make the travel roster or get game minutes until we pass that. And that was just kind of set because we used to not have a standard. And then it was like the average was 36. So when the average became 36, it was why would we accept anything less than that? We actually run it tomorrow. So that's one really interesting thing that Iowa does and I love. And I think if I were a freshman, it would take so much stress off is so right now, like we said, we can't work with our coaches, but we can work with our strength and conditioning coach and our strength and conditioning coach is more than welcome and comfortable with the Nike Spark test. Tomorrow we'll go out and with him and his interns and his staff, we'll run the Nike Spark. And if we pass and we hit our benchmark there, we don't have to run it in preseason. So it's a super nice thing. Kind of, we know where we're at. We can report our own scores. So it is optional. And if you're not there or you don't pass, you will run it first day of preseason. But it's a kind of unique thing that we do. And I think it just takes off so much stress. It takes off so much worry. That way I'm not running it for the first time in front of my coach. My first day of practice, I don't have to run a fitness test and then practice. It's only practice. So it kind of eases us a little bit. And yeah, slowly work our way back into what preseason hell is. 
Yeah, that's really nice that you guys get the opportunity to do that. I mean, everyone would love to say that the coaches don't have an impact, but when they're standing there with their clipboards, writing it down, it adds so much stress to what is already a really stressful scenario where you have to run the fitness test. So that's nice that you get to do that. If you guys you know, don't run it or you fail during preseason, do you then continue to run it or is that kind of your last opportunity? Yeah, so our coaching staff will definitely give people more chances. We understand that everyone has off days, everyone has bad situations, or like, frankly, sometimes you just need more fitness. And so if you don't hit that benchmark, you, if so the way we have, we've broken up into different tiers. So 36 is, uh, you need to play to travel everything. 32 is, you won't touch a soccer ball during practice, you're going to run. And that's basically because in our opinion, if you can't hit a 32, then it's not healthy and it's not safe to be doing the things that other people who are in shape are doing because we can't push you to the same level. I can't expect someone who gets a 45 to do the same practice as someone gets like gets a 32 and expect them to be healthy and be able to bounce back and recover. So it's something that we have found has helped our team because without that safety net, frankly, people push themselves and then end up getting hurt because they're not prepared for it and their body's not ready for it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. And the good thing is like we have to try number one tomorrow, but you kind of run it until you pass it. And we give you that opportunity to keep working at it as long as we see that you're working at it and you're trying your hardest to do it. So we understand fitness tests aren't for everyone, but unfortunately it is a reality of the game that fitness matters. Um, and it's a part of what we do every single day. So super interesting. And, uh, you know, I know every other program in the country has a different nuance to their test or a different way that they do things. Always interesting to hear what that's all about for other schools and their programs. All right, Jordan, obviously we talked fitness tests. What else is like the number one thing that you dread going into preseason? Just the two-a-days, I think. The going to practice or conditioning, whatever it may be. Then you have the meetings in the middle and then coming back and doing it all again. I like to get all my kind of stuff done, take my nice nap, do whatever I need to do. The time commitments, you know, it's really big. Because our games are so close, it's not super long that we're doing these. But when they're going on, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle, especially I take some summer classes, things like that to kind of help with my major. Um, so to have those other commitments going on as well, it's just all in 100%. It's bittersweet. I love that we can get back into the soccer of things because we do have such a short season. So we spend a lot of time off, even though we have some spring games, we all know it's not quite the same. So it's, it's bittersweet spending a lot of time together. The only thing I'm thinking is the amount of ice baths I'm going to have to take. And listen, I love a good ice bath, but just like the everyday ice bath, like, mm, it'll be interesting. I might pull the fifth year card here or there and be like, I'm going first the ice baths or whatever it is. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But it should definitely be an interesting preseason, but one I'm definitely looking forward to. Are ice baths mandated for you guys? 100%. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's just one of those things you learn to love. Like, as, much as, as much as it's been five years, I'm not to that point yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, have you, do you guys ice baths during uh, your July seasons or? Have yeah, you that's totally optional, but um, it's the wisest option. So it's the one we've learned to love once again, getting better. So crazy crazy all right so there's way more about preseason and that's one thing that Jordan and I are so excited to bring to you in this podcast is a little bit behind the scenes you know you hear about playing college soccer but there's so many nuances and different things that it comes and you know it takes a lot on your toll physically emotionally mentally and but it's also the game we love and it's something we love doing every day and I'm so excited to share this platform with Jordan and help bring some more information to it all right so 
And uh, as you're a fifth year, I'm a junior. It's been a minute since we've kind of started this process. So if there's any questions or like things that you guys are really wondering, feel free to like reach out and, you know, hopefully we can answer them next week. 100%. Please always contact us. We will have our contact in the notes of this podcast on any podcast form, as well as reach out to us on Girls Soccer Network or our own Instagrams. We'll be plugging all those. Please ask questions. You know, we've been through it. We are around the business, everything from how do you balance school and soccer? What is season like? You know, well, how do you get a good grade? What's tutoring like? Anything. I don't care if it's the stupidest question or not. We would love to help. We would love to give more insight. All right, Jordan, let's wrap it up. couple random fire questions we already have written in for people that are looking forward to it. If you had to pick one stadium in the Big Ten that wasn't your own, what's your favorite field to play on? I'm a little bit biased because I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So I always love playing at Ohio State. I get all my family to come in. I have a bunch of friends that went to school there. Um, so I get a, get a nice crowd going. Um, so it's always really, really nice for me to play at Ohio State or any really Ohio games just because it's local to my friends and family. What about yeah. you? That's awesome. Okay. If I had to not pick Iowa, which obviously I'm biased, I would say Iowa has the best grass in the Big Ten. I will say it. Um, I got to go Purdue. I love their stadium. I love their setup. Their grass is always clean. They're like bleachers. It's the whole like ambiance of their stadium. I, I, I like playing there. It's a good place to play. I haven't actually played there yet. Really? Okay. So where have you hit every Big Ten school yet or where haven't you hit? I think Purdue we played home my freshman year and then we didn't play them last year. Hopefully we play them away this year. I can check out that awesome facility there. Jordan kind of alluded it. Weird thing about the Big Ten Conference is we do not have 10 teams, as one would assume. So because of that, we do play. There's always three, right? Or is it two? Two plus oh. us. So. Great. Oh, yeah. Two plus your own team. I guess I don't play Iowa. Fair enough. Um, so two teams you don't play. So always a different little tweak about who you have, who you don't have. Um, I know it's really weird. Iowa never seems to play Indiana. That's our weird one. Out of my, going into my five years at Iowa, I think I'll play Indiana two of those years. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for episode one of The Big Life. We are so excited to start this. We're excited to keep going. Hit us up with questions. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Sam Carey at Sam.Carey. I'm Jordan Wickes, Jordan underscore Wickes. And until next time, rock on, Socceristas.